it was having weird issues, and I thought my motherboard was dying. Um, weirdly enough, every time we would stream over the last couple of weeks, it was fine. Uh, we never had it. I never had it crash on me during a stream or any of any of that stuff. But I had some weird issues. Like I, I, I don't know if you remember Joseph, but a couple of weeks ago, I was having trouble with my headset, and I thought that it was just, you know, it's 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 probably about six or seven years old now. But uh, I, I thought, oh, I guess that's the end of this headset or whatever. Well. I was having a conversation with a producer and friend of the show, Tyler, um, last week, and he said something to me, I can't remember exactly what he said he thought the problem might be, Um, but it made me think like, oh man, maybe I need to get inside this thing and clean my desktop. I was like, it's been a while. Um, Well, I opened it up. And there was like, there was so much dust on the intake for my CPU, it looked like an animal. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. I know I saw the picture. Yeah, I was like, I bet that's the problem. I bet that's the problem. And it was. And everything has been running incredibly smooth ever since. Yes, I am a stooge. That's nasty, that's nasty David. I, oh, I know. I was like, I can't believe. But hey, listen, compressed air, man, fixes everything. Um, it was it like. It really does. So, yeah, I mean. It, it, <laughs> I mean, the difference between essentially a $7 fix and a $200 fix. Um, hey, all about saving money here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I really am. And it, it got me thinking. I was like, oh, man, because originally, and I had mentioned this to you, I was like, well, I guess maybe the computer's kind of getting old. I was like, I don't really want to rebuild it again. Uh, I was like, maybe I'll just see if I can like fix the problem for pretty cheap, and then next year I'll buy a new computer. Um. But now that I don't have to do that, uh, I can spend about half the money and just get two upgrades that I want. Uh, so nice. I'll do I'll do that eventually. But that's that's like next year. You know, I'm still I'm in a I'm actually in a, a bidding war right now on eBay to try to get this camera. Um, uh, so much going on. Uh, I wish that we could be. Always. I wish we could be live on TikTok right now. That Yasker video is blowing up. Um. I'm, I'm sure you I could s- just go live from my phone. Do, do you? I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Um, they got to see your face, so. <laughs> I know. Um, Too bad for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> be like Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end. They'll be like, ah! <laughs> um, don't look at it. The, uh, the video's uh, picking up, and it's funny because I, I mentioned to you that I thought... Like, it was weird that we just hadn't had a lot of detractors uh, for the stuff we've been saying about The Witcher. I was like, oh man, maybe, you know, a majority of people have really woken up, which I, I think is the the case. I think a lot of people don't look finally back. waking up. Yeah, they, they don't look back as fondly, especially on season two, and it doesn't seem like nearly anybody likes season three. And then the people who are detracting are coming in and being like, well, they explored homosexuality in the book, and it's like, dude, you didn't... Did you listen to the clip? It's like, how many times do do we have to tell people that they've got the wrong impression about what the clip is actually saying? Or it's even better when when they're like, well, it's alluded to, or an innuendo in the book, like when people try and say that Tolkien wrote... Sam and Frodo's relationship as being a yeah. homosexual relationship because like, you know, they, they kiss each other, or, you know, they have a very tight knit relationship and it's like, no, 
it's not because <laughs> he was trying to, you know, say that in a way for his time. It's called the fellowship and the companionship between two people during World War One. Yeah, that's what, uh, which is what it was based off of his experience in World War One. Um, at least their well, relationship, you know, that kind of kept. Go ahead. I was gonna say the funny thing about the stuff with The Witcher is we've gone from because I don't I don't know if you remember last last year or whenever it was that we reviewed season two, uh, a lot of people were getting on to us about very spe- very specific things from the books, right? But they were at least coming from the perspective of they could kind of talk about something from the book that they're like, well, this thing is in the book, and again, it comes back to like, well. There's a lot that goes into an interpretation when you go from book to whatever silver screen or whatever the case may be. Um, one of those things is that you do have to prop properly interpret it, and you also have to know when it's like, you know, maybe we need to hold back on some of this. Maybe we need more Witcher, for instance. Um, yep. Now it's just like, well, they kind of talk about this one thing that uh, you don't, you know, that's in the book, and we're like. Oh, man, I don't know how many times I have to keep saying it's like just because it's actually in the source material doesn't mean that it's good. Like it's not well, an it's, it's not an excuse. It's not even that. They don't argument. even understand why people like the books and the video yeah. games. The essence of The Witcher, right? And I had someone trying to argue with me that well, Siri's the main character in the books. I'm like, listen, I know people who have read the books. Yeah. The Witcher is the main character in in the books. Listen. Now, Siri is an important character. She is a main character, just like Aragorn, again, in The Lord of the Rings, is an important character. He's a, you could even say a main character, but he is not the main character. That is Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, and it's uh, Bilbo in The Hobbit. So it's just, I don't know. People keep coming to us with the book analogies i'm like they, they don't even care about the books they're not keeping up with anything regarding the books or the video games they're just all over the place i can't even keep up in season three with what they're doing and where they're at yeah and i, I and seeing a lot of the comments um from the review from the clips uh from the the live stream last week i'm just really happy that it, it it wasn't us because I always do have that thing in the back of my mind where I'm watching something and I'm just like, I, I don't know what is going on here. And and I'm thinking to myself, like, am I lost? Like, is it just me? And so when you have a whole bunch of other people come out and being like, nah, nah, it's bad. It it really is bad. I had no idea what they were trying to do. (laughs) Man, that show is something else, but yeah, I'm glad I got to follow that show up with, Indiana Jones and the demoralizing depression movie. <laughs> Dude, okay, so that was a nice that was a nice shot and chaser. The Witcher oh. and then Indiana Jones. So I went the opposite direction and started from the trilogy to the fan fiction. Um and Well, I guess you could say I did the same thing. I watched yeah. the first the first one and then I went to and watched half of Indiana Jones, this last one, this, the yeah. new one. And I watched half of it, stopped, went and watched The Temple of Doom, and then I didn't get a chance to watch the third one, and I'll watch, yeah. finish this up. Uh, I, um, I I told some friends uh, of ours from college, because uh, you know, we were talking about, t- texting about this earlier, 
And um, I, I told him, I was like, uh, don't go see the new Indiana Jones movie unless you want to contemplate ending your life. <laughs> and he was, they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, he spends the whole movie being a sad boy. He's li- he, There's like a scene in the movie where he literally wakes up and he has like that old man, like, like, oh my God, like, like kind of wake up thing, you know? Uh, and then he uh, he he's in his boxers, and he goes to hit one of his neighbors because uh, to like the youths and knocks on the door and tells them dude, to turn hello, their music down. Kids. Yeah, dude, I I that, dude, I'm not even lying. I almost shut it off. I was I was almost done at that point, and that's like well, actually, it's about 30 minutes into the movie because you have to go through this insanely extended uh, scene that is supposed to be like quote unquote classic Indiana Jones I mean talk about a massive bait and switch like that that yep. first like 25 30 minutes 25 how, 30 minutes it might be closer to 20 but it that that opening segment um, it is is an absolute bait and switch and to be honest it's not even that good. Like you, if you stack that up against all of the openings, and I'll throw Kingdom, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in there as well. Like it's, it's not as good as the other ones. He, he, like all of these coincidences happen. Like he, he puts on the, the. Are we allowed to say Nazi? That was one of the things I was thinking about this stream. I mean, we're not monetizing this. Can we say not see Nazis? Whatever, man. Um, you know, he steals one of their uniforms, and it's got a bullet hole in the back of it and he's like oh it'll be fine no no one will question that and of course it's like 10 minutes later it's the thing that gets him like caught again or whatever and I, dude honestly and i i because i want to talk about uh the franchise kind of as a whole um in this discussion because i i don't know how if i can spend the entire time talking specifically about this movie um dude, let's go through it frame by frame but it, it's a that would take us like 12 hours <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's unbelievably frustrating to go into a movie that fundamentally either made Indiana Jones the way that he was in Dial of Destiny or had no clue what they were doing. And and it shocks me to think that they didn't know what they were doing. Like, I, I, I'd be like, you really... You know, they're classics, I think um, Raiders came out 45 years ago. I mean, that movie is a, it's an absolute classic. Um, it is. You, you know, I know you're not the biggest fan of Temple of Doom, and I feel like that's a, dis- a discussion for a different time, but that movie is significantly influential. But that movie's still decent, like, especially in comparison to this bullcrap. Dude, uh, I know. It's got problems, like, <laughs> and we talked about that last week. Tem- Temple of Doom has, um, I think a lot of it comes down to sort of like, logical inconsistencies yes uh as far it's the it's it's the worst in that as far as the series is concerned um yeah it is it's like i understand there's some suspension of disbelief of course of course there's things going on but then there's they take uh some uh strong liberties with that (laughs) temple go ahead yeah um i'm trying to remember where i was going with this um, oh, but you go into this movie, right? And they again, we're we're kind of like on the idea of this bait and switch. And honestly, man, this might be one of the worst offenses that I've seen. Of hey, don't you want this? Well, that's not what you're getting for the next uh, two hours. Uh, here's a story about an old man who pretty much uh, wants to end his life 
for two hours. Uh, that is like a, a shadow of his former self, and he gets the most annoying, well, she is definitely top three annoying side characters of all time. Um, yeah, dude. I, there's a. I, she's not the side character. She's the main character. Okay, fair enough. We're but if if we're talking about like, title Indiana versus, Jones is a side you know, character. He really is. I swear, her like her sidekick is like more important <laughs> to the plot than Indiana Jones is. Um, you know, you the kid, about a short round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New short round. Um, the kid <laughs> who can magically fly an airplane without any previous knowledge of how to do so. Um, with the random guy who was sleeping in the airplane, just happened to be in there. Uh, dude, oh my god, I don't want to, I feel like I don't want to get to the ending yet, but, you know, I, uh, I started watching Raiders. This is, huh? go ahead, I'm sorry. I was gonna, I started, no, go ahead. I started watching Raiders the night after we streamed last week, and I was like, you know what, it's been a while, um, let me you know, refresh my memory. Let me go in with sort of like a new perspective and try to be even from though, you know, I I think there's a certain amount of grace that you have to give movies from like 40 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would, I would much rather rewatch that series regularly than ever watch anything that's probably, than a lot of the stuff that's come out in the last 10 years or so. Well, that's because there's passion behind it. That's what one of the things this movie lacks is passion. That's, I think I was telling you or saying last week, one of the things I enjoyed about Raiders of the, is it Raiders of the art? The first one. Raiders is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that how it felt like a proper cinematic production? Tons of extras, <laughs> tons yeah. of set pieces, yeah. practical effects, everything like that and then you go from that to this movie and it's just like it just seemed like a big old cgi fest and i, th- yeah. I had a, a, a lot of problem with the de-aging technology oh with dude harrison ford just because his voice the voice didn't match the look uh-huh and it, it's off in places uh mm-hmm. depending on the scene like sometimes you're like all right like if it's not moving a whole lot it doesn't look that bad like you can kind of get away with it but when he's moving in certain scenes and you know they they they're hiding certain things specifically because it's de-aged and they're either trying to save money um uh, by the way hello to everyone in the the troll room um it's good to see all of you uh jenna is here matthew uh not for long jake (laughs) hello zach's uh and josh mick 420 is also here as well thank you uh yes i have seen the south park episode they did on kingdom of the crystal skull it's in hindsight man i mean listen kingdom of the crystal skull is still bad uh there's this you know we talk about it all the time where people a a new movie that has lowered the bar even further comes out and so a lot of people will go back and they'll look at something like uh crystal skull and they'll be like well i mean it's not as bad as this new one it's like yeah but it's it's still not good uh, kind of like what I did with Temple of Doom. It's like even though I didn't think it was bad, uh, I went back after watching, you know, halfway through Indiana Jones, this the new one, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, this is a lot better than uh, yeah. than this cool crap. And and again, I mean, ugh, man, I I almost think maybe maybe one of these days we'll actually go through each of them uh, and do like a, a series on those, kind of like I want to do with Rush Hour because. 
Uh, it would be nice to go back through some classics that still hold up really, really well, um, and kind of talk and, and talk about that. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't hold a candle to what would be considered like to, to to Temple of Doom, which would, for most people, would be considered uh, the weakest entry in the original trilogy, um, mm. and so you know, I went through all of those. Uh, and and you know I I'm 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 thinking about it throughout this week, and I think on a purely like if we were going for completely uh, objective look at all three of the original trilogy, I think Raiders probably uh s- like scoots by a- as the best. Like it just it barely beats out the other two. Um, but if we're talking like I get to put a bit of my emotion and my my feeling into it, I think Last Crusade is probably the best of the three. Um, mm. I think it's got, it, you know, you were talking about passion earlier. Um, you can tell, especially at that time, and it's a it's a stark contrast to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull if you watch Last Crusade and Crystal Skull back to back, because there's a lot of similarities between them. Um, and you can see the passion of the cast in Last Crusade that is not there in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, there's a couple lines from Harrison Ford that he delivers so flat. Uh, there's this one in particular where it's towards the end of the movie, and he's he's going to return the skull to the city of gold or or whatever it is, and um, he he's basically like, "I have to go alone." You don't have to come with me. This is my responsibility. And I was like, oh my God, dude. I'm like, in the, the movie's still bad. I mean, that one. So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Oh, I was no. going to say, so how do you want to talk about Indiana Jones and the dial of disappointment? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, oh, the opening. We can start with, you want to just start with the opening. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I, I thought the, of course they pick, you know, generic bad guy characters, Nazis, uh, to well they you know they do it again. And I understand. Yeah, it's that it's here's the thing. If this movie was good, it would have been fine, because that's what he that's what he did. I mean that his primary enemy throughout the series is the Nazis. I mean, Temple of Doom aside. Um, and I think ha- had they gotten a little bit more creative with it, uh, maybe he's he's fighting something a little bit different, different kind of organization or whatever. You know, they tried that with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and the, the Russians. They're pretty pathetic in that movie. I had forgotten how pathetic they were as enemies in that movie. Um, that movie is wild, dude. Shia LaBeouf swinging through the the rainforest with monkeys, like there's there's all sorts of there's all sorts of stuff in that that it, but um, I I don't mind. I mean it it's set in a specific time. I I don't even think necessarily the idea that it's it's towards the end of the war. Um, uh, if they really had any guts, they would have done the Nazis in 2020 and made Bro, a MAGA supporters. One of, one of the best, I, I'd forgotten how much Nazi imagery is in that original trilogy. And in Last Crusade, um, 
Indiana Jones has to go to Berlin at the height of their power, and he runs into Hitler, and Hitler signs his dad's book. Like he autographs his thing because he thinks that he wants an autograph from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and there's there's a lot of stuff that that goes into this man because that opening scene in Dial of Destiny, you have this moment where every, all of these these guys who uh, like Indiana Jones by the time Last Crusade happens, he's like very well known uh, by portions of the Nazi party because he's been doing I mean like after you've been involved in uh, the Ark of the Covenant you know murking a whole like a team uh, and then uh, you know he he fought in the war um, he and then in Last Crusade as well like there's uh, more of them that are involved in the hunt for the Holy Grail. Uh, right. And it's one of those things that you get to this movie, and every single one of those guys, like the commanders, all these people, they just have they have no idea who he is. And it, it sucks because... And it's... There is a little bit more, I think, when you we talk about the type of movie that this is, you get a little bit more grace as far as the, the action is concerned because there's a lot of moments where... You know the the enemies just can't shoot. You know, um, mm-hmm. it. I, I think it it gets more egregious in Crystal Skull and especially in Dial of Destiny. Just some wi- some wild physics going on in this movie, um, but there, there's a little bit of, of 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 grace with that. But like the logic behind a lot of the scenarios that are happening, specifically in Dial of Destiny. Where it's like, okay, you're telling me that none of these guys know about, like, know who Indiana Jones is at this point. They they've never heard like legends of this guy or or like rumors of this guy throughout. Nothing that. at all, right? Yeah, uh, you would think because especially after Convenient. two times that he has uh, been involved on the other side to them, um, and basically they've all gotten wiped out. He's still alive. He's you know he's thwarted them, uh, and. There's no uh there there's no um there's no way they just wouldn't. And so he gets captured right away. And this is a problem that I think happens in Dial of Destiny quite a bit. It happens in Crystal Skull. Typically when you go back and watch uh the original trilogy, he gets captured, but there's a good enough uh plot explanation. Uh, yeah, a good enough explanation plot point for why he's kept alive. Uh, and usually it comes down to his expertise. Right. They're like, well, look, he's the expert in this situation. We may never be able to find, like, to get our end goal because of that. And but, it's also, uh, they they always sort of underestimate him, uh, which is something David, that, that works well. Helen is the expert now. They don't need uh, the white man. They got the white woman now. Dude, you know, everybody's talked about it, but that line where she's like, you stole things from indigenous people or whatever, you know. And, but when she literally sells things on the black market dude, yeah, herself, and yeah. she's what? Just like the talk m- about not being self-aware, massive hypocrite. And you know, like I, that's one of those lines where I'm like, I feel like the writers didn't see that. They're like, oh, we got to put this in here. And and this is the problem with these char- like the, with modern writing a lot of the time is that they want to make a character like that, but they, they're never consistent. They just throw those lines in because it's a modern thing to say. Uh, well, let's look at let's think about the women in Indiana Jones, right? Yes, let's. And why Helena is different from all of them. Yeah. So in the first one, you have Marion. Yes, right. And she is resilient. She's smart. 
resourceful, tough. She's a counterpart and a helpmate to Indiana Jones. And and str- by the way, her? and strong. Yes, she uh, shoots the machine gun to help him. She takes control. Yeah, go ahead. In in some ways, man, she's got more characteristics that would be associated with a male than Harrison Ford does playing Indiana Jones. She yeah, drinks. Starts out and she fights. Drinking. Yeah. yeah. Um. She's out drinking that man that's like twice her size. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great like. Uh point that comes up later on in the movie you know they set up her character and it's that's the thing man it's like the strong female character has always existed in one form or another uh throughout cinema and this rewriting of history as if none of these women came before um uh, you know it's disingenuous um uh, and it's just yeah it, it, it sucks uh to say the least um, yeah, and then you have what's her name, Willie, Willie who number two, who is a, a little bit more of your traditional, um, damsel in distress, damsel in distress, yeah, um, prototype character, but she's a step in for the audience because she didn't ask it brought along on the journey yeah. with Indiana Jones. She gets swept away by him, not in a, like literally forced to go on the journey with him, um, but at knife point. And, uh, you know, that's why she hates everything along the way. Yeah, she's an annoying character, but she's meant to be because it's like if we had to go on those journeys with Indiana Jones, we would be complaining all the time too. type of it's I think she's a bit more of a realistic character than Marion's is not saying that Marion's isn't realistic. Just I found Willie's to uh, be more annoying, but definitely yeah. more realistic. Yeah, she, that, uh, uh, you know, her screaming didn't bother me. Uh, as much as I know that it, it has other people, um, it, it is. It's a little. It's a little much. Um, but there's. But that screaming sets up stuff. It's not just random screaming just to yeah. scream. Like and it's, she. They land in the jungle. She screams at all the animals. That part is hilarious. By the way, I was I was cracking up when she. Yeah, she's like running through and like yeah. the, the monkeys and uh, like all that stuff comes out and she grabs the snake and throws it. <laughs> Doesn't um, even realize it. Yeah. But then yeah. later on, when they're at the palace. Uh, you know, we see Indiana and Short Round go through that uh underground for the temple, and they yeah. end up in the room with the spikes. Uh-huh. And we know what's on the ground, and and she's already complained about all the animals and everything she has to do. But she's the one that has to reaches her hand, like step on all of them, go through that, and reach her hand in the area through the bugs and slime to pull the lever to prevent them from getting killed. Yeah, and so there's you know it makes sense you know the the previous screaming from her sets up that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, oh, uh, man. the, the, uh, one of the greatest things too, and I, I want to get to Elsa because Elsa is my, f- my favorite, my personal favorite, um, which might get me. That's going to be all you. Cause I haven't okay. seen the third one. Um, I'll try not to give too much away. I know you've seen them, but I, I, I oh, you I can, you can talk, say what you want. Um, I'm not worried about that. that. Oh, with Willie in particular, though, so it's just staying on her for an extra second. One of the other thing, well, it really goes with along with all of them, but the uh, the chemistry between Harrison Ford and each of the leading ladies is always really, really good too. Um, yes, it is. You, it's just believe it's believable, and and that's what that that's all you can really ask for when it comes to those scenarios. You want to believe what's being presented to you, 
Um, and so, you know, like the back and forth with Willie, um, where he, you know, he like comes, he comes over and she thinks that, oh, he, he finally decided to come over and she doesn't know what's going on with the situation. Uh, and he's literally yeah. just like, hung, like hung a dude in the other room. Yes. Um, and you know, he touches the statue and like pushes through and she's like, what is happening? Like just totally lost, um, as to the scenario. And she uh, tries to touch the other side. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and she's like, yeah, she's real jumpy about the situation. Yeah. Um, I love um, oh, I'll come back to short round. Um, because it plays into where I think they should have gone, um, especially with uh everything everywhere all at once being such a big hit last year, and may, mm-hmm. you know the timing might be a little off because I'm sure they started filming Dial of Destiny before that happened. Um, it's not an excuse to not have brought him back. Um, really, it wasn't. They they should have brought him back in 2008, but we'll get there. Um, Elsa is the most interesting as far as depth is concerned with the three love interests in the original trilogy um and it's because she starts out as your typical like she's smart um they, they set her up where she's not afraid to uh, you know get her hands dirty with the different scenarios that are going on uh in that movie um, there's the love interest between the two of them, um, and there's a little humor in that as well, which is always really good. And then about a quarter of the way through the movie, she double crosses Indiana Jones for the Nazis, um, and it's it's funny looking at it n- now. I mean, when you're when you're younger, it's like, oh man, she went over to the bad guys, and now it's like that's almost way more charged in 2023 than it was. Yes, <laughs> you know for the. The previous uh, 34 years, uh, that was not, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's just the, the plot point. You know, she's uh, she's from, she's Austrian, and um, she, you know, she is, like, she wants the grail. She's, like, hunting for the grail, and she wants it no matter what. And so, whatever is the most advantageous way for her to get her hands on it, that's what she's going to do. Um, and they do something that you would, I guarantee you would never see uh in in this current timeline that we are living in um i was telling you before that it's probably about halfway through the movie they go to berlin um to get sean connery's book back uh from the nazis Mm -hmm. and elsa is there and there's a, bur- a book burning going on. They're throwing books into this massive, you know, they're having this big celebration, throwing the books in there. Uh, you know, Hitler's there, like the whole deal. And in that scene, the, the book burning is happening and Elsa is in tears. And it's, it's, it's subtle, but again, we're talking about very well-made movies where they used to allow the audience for the most, like really they used to allow the audience to be able to infer what was going on with her um and they do she does mention something they, they, she has a, a li- like a line where she talks to um indiana jones right after that he gets the book back from her um and she basically she's like i'm not a, she's like I, I don't care about that the, their party like the the grail is the only thing that matters to me um and she has this like slow turnaround because she sees like all the awful things that the nazis are doing um, and then ultimately she succumbs to, uh, her selfish desire to get the grail and it's her undoing. Um, 
But it's one of those things, I was watching that, and I was like, dude, I don't remember the last time, I mean, I, I think maybe there could be an argument made for something like Arcane as far as uh, the kind of development that you get from a character, especially like a leading lady. Yeah. And, and I was just, honestly, dude, I, you know, I've always loved The Last Crusade, and I, watching it again, it was like, I almost had like a renewed, um, love for it love for it because it was like the the amount of effort that went in to craft that story the characters um it's got a great sense of humor um it still sticks to that sort of that indiana jones um uh writing and 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 you know the tropes that are are specific to those movies um you know it's it's a lot of fun and it's an excellently made movie like it's I just absolutely love it and it's crazy because you would never see something like that today because there are do to be like and I mean like I, maybe it's specifically because it's so charged because of what the word Nazi means these days um but I no. I love <laughs> I'm just kidding yeah I I love that they 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 did something like that because you don't see, like every Every character that that we're seeing come out in a lot of the whether it's more like even look at the Marvel movies. There is not. Uh, okay, Black Widow might come close uh, as far as like being a, a kind of a side character. But I, honestly, dude, I don't know if there's a female written in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's as written as well as Elsa is. And I might add Marion and Willie to that that list too. And, and just going back to this, I'm like, what happened? I was like, what happened to the passion that people had? I mean, dude, you look at, um, oh, Dave, shoot. Don't lie. If it wasn't for Disney, we wouldn't have strong female characters. They're the first ones to do it. <laughs> the first one to feature black people and minorities in movies. It's Disney, man. It's um, always been from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Since the very first Iron Man movie, David. And then, um. Let me talk about short round quickly, and then we'll switch back over to Dial of Destiny. Um, because it, well, I wanted to. You could talk about short round, but I wanted to like and compare those yeah. women to Helena that, and the new one. Yeah. So short round um, is a is a in Temple of Doom is pretty much a direct parallel for Indiana Jones. Um, they do a lot of shots where. You know, Indiana Jones is fighting a guy, and Short Round is fighting uh, a guy at the same time, and um, you can see the the care that he has for Short Round, and the fact that they never brought him back in Crystal Skull or in well, I'm kind of glad he wasn't in Dial of Destiny to be honest with how that turned out, but they did such a disservice to that because there seemed like there could have been so much more to come out of that, especially if. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had actually been well written and uh, a little bit of love and passion had been put in into that movie. You you could have seen something like that. But yeah, um, comparing it to, obviously, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> um, and really all of the other characters that are in that movie. But we, we can we can focus on her and I'll, I'll sprinkle in the rest of them as we go along. So, uh, Joseph, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, tell me. Tell me about this character in, uh, in Dial of Destiny. So, where the other ones were separate characters on their own, this is very much a Kathleen Kennedy stand-in. She she is supposed to take Indiana Jones's place, um, and, and Indiana Jones is less of a person and now just more like a 
an agent or a character such as 007. And she's just a, a know-it-all, knows the answers to everything. She's a hypocrite, apparently, too, because she criticizes him <laughs> for being a Tomb Raider, basically. Uh, and I guess she doesn't like Laura Croft either. Uh, but yet she runs a, a black market um, selling. Yeah, she sells uh, artifacts to get herself out of debt. Yeah, exactly. And so not only that, but what was the other thing? That stood out to me about her. Oh, oh yeah, she's uh, greedy. Like it, it never, it never comes across. I say greedy as in she wants the fame that Indiana Jones has. Yeah. She's she's not there for him in any capacity. She's just there for herself. Yeah, um, she clearly uh, doesn't know anything about him. Uh, has no idea. But David, of- she's from. But she. She's his goddaughter, and <laughs> yeah. from his best best friend that we've never heard about ever. <laughs> Come on, David, it's totally believable, bro. It's his uh, best friend. The, from the when best he friend, was that, one year old. Dude, that that was another thing that annoyed me about it is that, you know, his best friend in that, or like one of his whatever, one of his colleagues who's a really close friend. Um, he, <clears throat> uh, never would have taken some like someone like that on one of those adventures with him. Now, nope. to be fair, he took short round, but I, I, I think there's probably an argument that he like he's he's a you know, short round doesn't seem to have a family. Um, oh, in fact, I think yeah, they they go into why Indiana Jones, uh, and short round built the relationship that they have. But if you look at yep, a lot of did. the the people who are around in um, Indiana in the original trilogy. Uh, they're all very capable for one reason or another, roguish. Um, a lot of them are uh, willing to put their lives on the line for uh, whatever happened, whether it's fortune and glory or whether it's um, to get the artifacts back to the museum. Like, they all have specific purposes. Um, and that guy, he's he's bumbling, uh, meek. Uh, yeah, it just the complete opposite of anyone that we've ever seen before in a scenario like that. And you're like, why did he bring him along? He was, he was a liability the whole time. And not only that, but with Helena, she has no character art that I was able to discern in the movie. Whereas like Marion, no one really does though. Billy. No, no one does. But, but Willie specifically too, both of them have a character art in the original movies mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones has his own character art yeah. short round like like so many different characters have their own character art whereas this it's like things are happening just around them like and they're all the same in each of them and he's just this is more of like a instead of a deconstruction of Indiana Jones this is more of a destruction of Indiana Jones I've never seen like uh, we speak often about how it seems like these companies just hate the characters they're presenting on film and this is a a great example like example a of hating a character being like Mm -hmm. he is it's like the writers were like envisioning Um, you know their their worst enemy was this white man and we're going to just destroy Indiana jones and sub him in for a woman and it's just it's it's just puke it's like so disrespectful and then they try and (laughs) you know, shield themselves from criticism by, you know, claiming racism and misogynism, uh, um, being, you know, yeah. calling us misogynists and, and things like that. And it's like, well, didn't you like, how can we, 
Go ahead. Didn't you like the uh, woman of color who worked for the CIA who was helping the Nazis? Oh, that was even better. It, it was yeah. uh, what was what was his name? Oh man, hang on, give me one second. Uh, Mads Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah, his character, Doctor Whatever. His yeah, name the, was, the guy was who like wanted... he was supposed to be here. <laughs> supposed to be a racist, right? He, yeah. In the opening scene. Uh, oh, dude, with, we have uh, yeah, with, not right. the not the very opening scene with him, but when he interacts with the. Uh, the black waiter, he's like, where are you from? And the black waiter's like, Brooklyn. And then he's like, but where are you really from? <laughs> it was so bad, dude. It's, it it's really the, was. Yeah. supposed to show his, like, racism. And then it's like his head, like, operative is the black, uh, the black lady. And then he, co he copes really hard in that same scene because he's like, uh, uh, you didn't win the war. Hitler lost it. And it's like, oh, you got him. Yeah. Great argument, buddy. Um, but yeah, dude. Like he, apparently, the Nazis opened up their own DEI agency. Yeah, and dude, he, Mads Mikkelsen gets absolutely obliterated in that opening scene. In the in that opening segment when he's on the train, he's yes. on the side of a train. And I, I don't know, man. I don't know how how fast trains were going in like uh, late 30s, early 40s. Um, but he's, it, it, you know, I feel like it would be fast enough that when that pole hits him directly in the face. He probably should have been dead or horribly mutilated because of that situation. And we see him, I guess that would be, it's supposed to be like four, probably 40, 45 years later. No, 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 it's not supposed to be that. Oh, the timeline in this is weird. It's the 60s, right? Are we at the... Yeah, 1969. 60, 69. Um, yep. We see him when again. We went to the moon, David. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, troll Room can take that one. Uh the uh we see him again and he looks totally fine in fact he looks like he's hardly aged uh, you're, you're like indiana jones has has become a crotchety old man in his boxers and mads mickelson is like you know the vision of health uh for for it being 30 35 years whatever that the time is supposed to be right there uh just like guys like come on and then you know, before Phoebe Waller even shows up, right? He he goes through the scenario, he yells at the youths, um, he goes to his class, uh, and nobody's interested in what he has to say. Uh, it turns out that was the last class he's ever going to teach, and he's retiring. Uh, we, Phoebe Waller Bridge is in there, and you get that first moment of her being so smug because she knows all of the answers. Um, and and it's not it's not even that first scene with her that is bad it's everything that precedes that so then when you look back you're like ugh. yeah but you like, know what i mean yeah you can tell from the beginning how smug yeah how smug like, it is like she yeah. is so smug every i think it was uh mauler who mentioned like she knows where the camera is at all times they just mm, just kind of like so smug comment. every time she's on the screen and it, and it it's one of those things where you're like uh, y'all can we <laughs> like someone give her some sort of direction for this like and, and it goes back to what you were saying that she doesn't have any character arc in it because from the beginning to the end of the movie she is the exact same character what else has she been in uh fleabag have you seen that show no okay i don't uh, his dark material she's someone's voice in that i wouldn't be able to tell you who yeah me apparently either. she was in solo a star wars story Really? Yeah, Did she play apparently. was it voice acting in that too? I'm assuming so. She played L337. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, the feminist robot. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't even remember that movie. That's uh, hilarious. Dude, the, no, she plays the uh, robot that turns into the Millennium Falcon. Right? Troll Room. Tell me if I'm wrong about that, because I've only seen Solo once. But... If that's who I think that it, think it is, that yeah, she s- does some sort of like rebellion, and then gets shot, and then they upload her her memory into the Millennium Falcon, and that is the origin story of why the Millennium Falcon is called a her, or a she. That's too uh, good. Man. Thanks that for bringing is, that, that memory great. back. Crikey, dude. Oh man, at least Disney's consistent. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> with their terrible writing. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, they destroyed one franchise, and now they're after this one. Destroy um, Lucasfilms forever. Nah, so I can't, I can't comment on her, on her acting ability itself. Just in this movie, I couldn't tell if it's how she was directed and led, and how the character was written, or if it was her um, or all of them. But think, you know, I as far as like her. more so one or the other, I think it's her. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I think it is. I was trying to be a nice dude. Honestly, man, I kept wondering through that whole movie, like, like what favors did she uh, give out in order to get into the position that she's in? Because if if this movie is any indication of her talent, um, along with some of the the writing, you know, she's she's been involved in 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 some of that and people. People haven't been happy with that. Um, she's kind of like this Amazon darling, you know, because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she won awards for Fleabag. And it's like awards are politics for Hollywood. Like, I, it doesn't mean anything for for you guys to have, have won all of that. It doesn't necessarily mean that your product is good because someone gave you a statue. You know, she didn't seem like the type of person that had the the lead acting capabilities chop. You no, not I mean? at all. I, I that was the other thing, right? I, I'm I, I'm sure you felt the same way, but I, it, I don't even remember when it was during the movie. I was like, I would never watch something similar to this where she was the lead. No, it's like I was. <laughs> I think last week I said like there's some people that I just don't care to see uh, on film. Like I just don't like how what uh, how they look. Again, that I, I'm not talking about they look ugly or they look beautiful or whatnot when i say that what yeah. i mean is they have a look that i don't like um i don't really care to see them on screen i said last week one of them being tom cruise with the exception of the mission impossible movies and then the other one being meryl streep but i could tell you what though they have charisma and i understand why they're movie stars and they're great i, I never say they're terrible actors or anything like that they're great actors right sure it's but with preference phoebe, yeah I yeah that. i mean but with phoebe it's I I just I don't see it. She doesn't have that charisma, that star power that indicates, I, you know. I may have this on. I may have mentioned this last week. She falls into the same category as Amy Schumer for me now, and um, Melissa oh, Mac- no. and Melissa McCarthy, where it's like if they're if if it's like oh they're in this movie, I uh, no thank you, <laughs> <laughs> no thank you, no, <laughs> I'm not gonna see that. Hey, Melissa McCarthy actually. Uh, did a up and down job in the Little Mermaid. What is that? What? The Little Mermaid up, up and down, and like down? So there were certain parts. Yeah, like there are certain parts she was really great well, in, and other parts know, where it seemed like she was phoning it in. I remember liking her in Bridesmaids, and being like, "Oh wow!" And then everything since then, I've just I haven't been able to get through any of it. Been like, "All right, I'll give her another chance." Nope. Give her another chance. Nope. Ghostbusters. Oh. 
Oh no, I think yeah, I think she got a uh, hoodwink hoodwinked into some of those movies. May, where maybe so. Drop her stock stock some. I I I think one after the other, man. Just it doesn't help. Of, you. Yeah, I think that's why Henry jumped shipped on The Witcher. Yeah, which was a I can't a stick around choice. for this. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's pretty terrible. Just through consistently through the whole movie. Um, I can't think of a redeeming quality about her character. Um, she she is set up to tell Indiana Jones that he uh, shouldn't unalive himself. You're, oh, yeah. you're still you important to the world, Indy. But my favorite part don't about oh, this dude. about this movie is like her knocking him out and then carrying him onto the plane and then flying through the time portal and then they hop onto another plane and fly to New York from Europe and then she gives him first aid and carries him to his apartment, changes him into his pajamas and then puts him to bed. Oh, yeah. And then he wakes up from the punch. I yeah. mean, just superb, a master class, David, of writing. Every college and university and film course class should include that on how to properly write. I was just... You know, I was I was left speechless. I just couldn't fit do that. The third act is a mess. Um, you're being too polite. Am I being too? I mean, it it's a disaster. Is that better? Like it it's, uh, I, I didn't know what to make of it. Like, so the Dial of Destiny is supposed to just for for everybody listening. Um, if you're not aware, the Dial of Destiny was something that was made by. Uh, Archimedes, um, I think they said like was six hundred, like six hundred ish BC, something like that, right? Or earlier than that? Yeah, something like that. Um, sorry, I can't remember the 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 the. There was so much going on. The timelines were the least of my uh, my worries when trying to watch this. Um, so for some reason. I guess it's because it was like a legend. Mads Mikkelsen's character believes that the dial is a time machine and that you set it to a specific time and you can go back to that. And so what he wants to do is essentially replace Hitler. And this dude's a NASA, like NASA scientist, like top notch, right? It's supposed to be incredibly smart. And, doesn't, I know where you're going. Yeah, like he doesn't ever realize until he is told, I actually think by Indiana Jones, right? If I remember correctly. He actually, at least they gave him that. He is the one that figured out uh, that slipstreams in the air meant, it's, so stu- it's still stupid. It's it's so stupid. Um, They shouldn't, t- uh, time travel just like should not be a thing in 99% of movies. I, most writers, especially these these days, can't even do it a little bit of justice. Uh, it, it's miserable to it to the point where well, what, you didn't account for like conventional time or something like that. Yeah, or like Archimedes wouldn't have been aware of something that happens in the atmosphere because for some reason the dial opens up portals in the sky. <laughs> Which I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure if it was actually explained why 
the the portals or the the specific portal that takes you back to a very specific time where Archimedes was hoping to get help fighting the Ro- the Romans is that right? Yes. Okay. Um and so they go and some of the the baddies start machine gunning down Romans <laughs> from the sky in this airplane for like no reason not to mention dude i i love that they have the same uh physics as season eight of game of thrones where ancient uh massive spears are so accurate that they're able to hit a some what would have been considered a, an incredibly futuristic plane out of the sky at, at like right. constantly hitting it it's just like those people would have been so freaked out by that. I I don't know if they would have been able to do that at all. I mean, like, there's no way, like, there's no way to have an actual argument. I don't know unless you're just a, a scholar of like the time period to be like, well, if blah blah blah, you know what I mean. But yeah. it, it seems beyond reasonable to be like, not only did they hit it once, but they hit it three or four times, uh, in the same way that like. In season eight of Game of Thrones, they were able to just knock the dragon out of the sky that easily because you know everyone goes in a, in a super straight line, so it's always really easy to be able to uh, hit stuff. You know, exactly. hate it, dude. I hate current Modern logic writing. with this I, stuff. I, yeah, maybe D and D would have been able to do this better than uh, whoever the director was, and I guess Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe uh, no, it was. Um, I've I know Kathleen name was a the times. director, but what's his name? Yeah, I have to. I have to. It's uh, James Mangold. Yes, thank you. Um, he was the, the a producer on uh, Logan. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> M Ford versus Ferrari. Good for him. No, he was the director for Logan and for the Wolf- the Wolverine. I wonder. I wonder what they and three ten to the Yuma. Okay, so he's not. I wonder what they did to get him to make this. He must have not and, had that much, cap- you know, uh, power. You know, yeah, to I was going to say that to too. He had to have mm-hmm. because he's directed some good movies. I, I don't know, man. I, I this movie. So we we were we were texting about this, but this movie is almost like it's right. It's about two million or so under two hundred and fifty million globally. So domestic and abroad. Um, it's opening weekend in China. It made $2 million, which is really bad. That is terrible. Um, it will probably hit $250 million, which is still $50 million under what we know to be the budget. Yep. And that's not including marketing. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. And the rest of the ticket sales that go in. And I've seen some people online, dude, that are like, you have to earn back three times what you you spent on it. And I'm just like, y'all, please look into this a little bit deeper and don't just Google it for two seconds. Like, there, there's a lot. I, I've seen a few times that that's happened. It, it, people are, like, talking about this and they're they're blowing it more out of proportion than it actually is. Like, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's bad. Uh, but there's this tendency online for people to try to hammer that even harder like it's just 
you know, even worse there's, than it actually is. Yeah, there's um, no good numbers you can go off of, but we know that studios have a tendency to yeah. not give out exact numbers. So even the $300 right. million budget, that's going to be on the conservative side. That's not even oh, going to be the man that if this movie really exact number, I, I would hope you know? for their sake that it was that they were being honest about that 300 million number. And so that, that's crazy. But I, isn't the what, isn't the rule of her thumbs like two, two, two and a half five. times? Yeah, that's yeah. typically what I somewhere in there. I, I mean, I uh, it, I don't know, man. This thing maybe there was just like a lot of money laundering going on with this movie because after it was over, I was like, I don't know where they spent that three hundred million. It couldn't have all been on like Harrison Ford's de aging in the first twenty minutes. And I'm just like I, I don't. Been. I don't know what they did. If and you both, I think this it. is gonna. This is definitely gonna lose more money than the Flash. Yeah, I think it's on its way. Um, it it hey, really you know, is bottoming out pretty hard, and it's only been out for like ten days. We always said that there was a way for DC to catch up to Marvel and to Disney, but Disney did DC the favor to try and catch up to them. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so 300 million, if we just say 600 million to break even. 7. You want to say 7? That's fine. Let's say 7. I think that's I think that's a fair That's probably a, a, a pretty fair number. Um <laughs> this movie's never going to do that. There's no way cuz it's it people it, I think it's it's capped out for the most part. Um there's yep. no way if it if it keeps bottoming out the way that it has that they're going to keep it in theaters. Maybe longer than a month, man. This might end up on Disney Plus, like within yeah, the month. Yeah, Flash is supposed to be coming out on HBO Max in the pretty soon, next right? month or so. Oh. Yeah. And and it was it, it, by comparison, Avatar: The Way of the Water stayed in the movie theater. What seemingly seemed like a an entire year. And that movie was what two hundred million to make. Is that right? How much? How do you remember how much, much it was? No. Because it had to. It had to get a pretty high. Get to a pretty high number. Did, wasn't it like five hundred million to break even with that? I thought. I thought was you it said more? they needed a billion. Was it really even. a billion? Was that movie a? Was that five hundred million dollar movie? Because they did it right, and I think it hit almost two. So it just briefly looking at looking at it, I'm showing that the estimated budget for the way of the water. Was between three hundred and fifty and four hundred million dollars. Okay, <laughs> at least you can and see it in that another, movie. <laughs> if you trust Wikipedia, they say it could have cost as much as four hundred and sixty million. So let's just say between okay. three hundred and fifty to five hundred million dollars. Yeah, it still made like two point something billion dollars. It was it was pretty successful considering how much it cost to make that. Um, yeah, so it was a production know. budget of two hundred and fifty million dollars, according to Xero. Okay. So yeah, so you think about you double that for marketing, five hundred million dollars, and then Wupo was saying yeah. that some of that might have been investment on the third movie as well, because okay. I think maybe they were filming them back to back or trying to get a lot of that stuff done to potentially bring costs down for the third movie, which makes sense. That's actually pretty smart if that's what they did. Yeah. Sort of like filming Two Towers yeah, exactly. and uh, Return of the King back to back. Because if you can save on your product, your production costs, uh, yeah, that makes that makes sense. They wanted three billion, if I remember correctly, for Way of Water. I don't think it hit three billion though. 
No, I don't think it did. Um, I mean, they'll probably get, they may yeah. get three billion out of it when it's all said and done. Um, but so not at the box office, but with everything else combined, does this? These are now. I just honestly, dude, I want to know what's going to happen now, because this is a massive failure. I mean, like Disney's had back to back to back failures this summer. Um, well, David, I think you can rest assured that they brought Bob Iger back to write this shit. Oh, yeah. Remember when uh, weren't people like kind of happy he was coming back at one point? Like maybe. And, it's like, and he's uh, the start of it all. Ooh. Yeah, maybe he came back to just like kill it. Just finally all let right. it die, dude. Um Yeah, man. I mean, let's see. So there were a lot of other things. Y- you know, I the I haven't seen people complain about it quite. I mean, it wasn't good, but the the short round replacement, not great. Um, the oh, they brought they. Oh, oh, oh! I almost forgot they brought Sala back to to also be sad and lonely and <laughs> missing uh, adventure. And it's this whole thing where, you know. This 80-year-old Indiana Jones says, no, Sala, you can't come with me. Those days are behind us. This isn't an adventure. And then he goes on an adventure without Sala. And it's like, did y'all bring... Because I was trying to find that... I wanted to make the cover image for uh, this, the picture of Harrison Ford and his boxers. Um, But I couldn't find... Uh, an image of it that didn't have like watermarks or anything on it, which was really annoying. Um, but I was like, oh, okay, so it's fine for him to go, but like he can't bring Sala along. Like, why would you? I don't know why you would do that. Like, John Reese Davies is a good actor. It would have been nice to actually have him in the movie. I know they did my boy dirty. Oh, you know who my else? Boy, they, my boy Gimli. Dude, you know who else they did dirty? Who's that? Antonio Banderas. Um. Um, surprise to everyone who didn't know that Antonio Banderas <laughs> has a role in this movie. I, I, someone had mentioned it a couple weeks ago. And, I had no idea until I saw it. Yeah, and and he he shows up, and I go, oh yeah, I forgot he was in this. Um, dude, can you, dude, if I would have told you ten years ago that Harrison Ford, Antonio Banderas, John Reese Davies, and Boyd Holbrook and Mad Mads Mikkelsen were all going to be in, in a movie in an Indiana Heather? Jones movie nonetheless what would you have said you probably been like, oh, like, that's probably dude 10 great movie. like 10 years ago if they were play, if that that was kind of the rumor that was out and you know they did the normal thing of like oh they they want to uh you know try to make right what crystal skull got wrong or whatever really bring Indiana Jones back to his roots and you know we're trying to bring back who we can and yeah but what a waste, dude. I mean, what a Here waste of talent. The graves of Harrison Ford, Antonio Panteras, mm-hmm. John Reese Davies yeah, in that, the Indiana uh, Jones film, like cinematically. It's that uh, Godfather meme where he's like, What have you done to my boy? <laughs> like, yes. And Man, what a follow up. Oh, uh, that whole scenario, right? So, for, for those of you who don't know, Antonio Banderas plays like a deep sea diver. Tre- probably treasure hunter um they're doing this whole thing where and i didn't look into the to whether this was even a thing or not but he has some sort of r- pretty dumb explanation of like 
if you don't spend that much time in deep sea water and you come up within like three minutes or something like that, you probably won't get the bins. And they're just like, yeah, seems legit. And then they all go down there for longer than three minutes, by the way. Um, and the Nazis show up and they cut. There's there's four of them down there. It's Phoebe Waller, Harrison Ford. Um, I was about to say Jean-Claude Van Damme, but that's not right. Uh, goodness, his, his Antonio Banderas and then random member of Antonio Banderas's crew. And they cut the line for the one crew member. Conveniently, they got that right. Because I can't imagine they asked anyone on board, like... like it's, it's a weird scenario, right? Where they come on the ship, there's four people down in the water... Like, pretty far down deep into the water. They don't know who's picking up the second piece of the dial. So they cut a line... Killing that guy conveniently, like they they just so happen to be able to grab or, or like cut the right one, and then pull the rest of them back up. And it was just the weirdest thing where you're like, why wouldn't you just pull them all back up and then get rid of whoever you didn't need? Right. Or if you know the dials down there, and all of your problems. Well, I know they 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 do try to pull the whole like, oh well, we need Indiana Jones alive because he knows like how to get to where. You know, he understands how to, like, do this stuff or whatever. Um, yeah. But then again, uh, you know, part of me is like, these guys are have been obsessed with this. Um, You know, is is Indiana Jones and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, are they the only two people that actually know how to, how to do all this? Like, you couldn't get rid of the people who are the biggest threat to you accomplishing what you're trying to do? And then just try to figure it out from there? You've got the dial at that point, like... There has Go to be about your business. Yeah, there's like historic like I guess there's all of this historical uh, like evidence of this stuff like there there's no one else in the world besides the two of them that's going to be able to help you accomplish this. And they would have solved their problem if they had just cut all their lines, thrown the short the you know, discount short round over the side of the boat and went on yeah. their merry way. Um would have, you know, ended the movie right there and it's dude, it's it's weird. Um the whole movie just if it's not dour, it's really boring um just extended stretches the dial of destiny as a macguffin for this kind of movie isn't great either no it's not uh, you know you have the the um the ark of the covenant in raiders um temple of doom is really more about like the occult nature of the stuff that's going on than it is about the actual artifact but that still there yeah. is like historical precedence for that and it's kind of you know there's that mystical element of what's happening and like is are the stones really as uh magical as these people are saying that they are or is there something else um to that that whole scenario um and then of course you have uh the um the cup oh my gosh the Holy Grail in yeah. the third one. And then, of course, like, Kingdom the of the Crystal Skull, Skull, it's aliens, and it's dumb, and as bad of a MacGuffin as the Dial of Destiny. But it's like, why couldn't they have gone back to... I just don't... Other than the fact that it it was truly malicious what they were doing with Dial of Destiny, they couldn't have gone back to some sort of interesting 
historical artifact from a culture that may or may not have had mystical powers. Like they had to do an Archimedes invention to to push in time travel into the movie. Like, man, and that man, yeah, that whole ending segment or whatever where they they're like in there. You know, the, the all of the the bad guys conveniently get killed off. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's not satisfying at all uh, nope. the way any of that happens. It's like you have the one random uh, soldier who almost kills uh, Indiana, and then Archimedes like students or whoever the people is guards or whoever like take care of that really quickly. Um, oh man, that whole final act just falls so flat. that last act is they yeah they, they skip atrocious through. yeah it's like how on earth did they get back like i guess the plane that uh you know discount short round had had enough gas to get them back uh not to mention it had to carry four people and yep. I, you know so who cares about logic in that you know don't ask questions right like who, who cares about yeah, the logic i was just happy that? to hurry up and be done with that movie Harrison Ford is still old. Yes, he is, Zach. Um, a waste of a cast, that's for sure. And a director yeah, as well. Yeah. Man. I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I, dude, I just... I am, I'm, I'm really happy that that trilogy exists. Um, yeah. And... I Again, hope. no amount of CGI can make up and clarity no. and sharpness and contrast can make up for a poorly written uh, you story. Know, I, you can be more forgiving of all of the above. If the story's written well, then you can for this junk. I, I know I told you too today that Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I don't know if this is if inflation was added into this number or not. Um, I'm going to guess not. Uh, $18 million budget, and in its first theatrical lease, re- first theatrical release, roughly $212 million. So massive success. Uh, was released the following year, made another $21 million, and has been released for like special weekends, you know, a couple days here and there, and has made a couple million pretty much every time it's been re-released. Um, Dial of Destiny will quickly end up in the bargain bin, if not completely erased by Disney. I don't know if you've seen some of that going on. Um, oh, yeah. But companies are starting to just completely remove movies from existence at this point. They're bad movies? Uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> probably not. Probably I, the more uh, the the more troubling ones, David, the less PC ones like that community episode of Dungeons & Dragons yeah, du- that got it right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know that they already will do that for stuff that's not considered uh politically correct at this point but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on with that where they're just kind of erasing things that aren't successful or like there was some the, the one that's going around right now is there's some movie that was on disney plus called crater about like a family in space or something it was on disney plus for a couple of weeks and then just disappeared yeah they're making cost cutting maneuvers yeah that's I'm, why they're deleting them you know and i still you know release the batgirl cut <laughs> yes i want to see please it. um dude i bet that movie would do so much better now 
in the movie theater. <laughs> It'd be so funny. It was like, well, it's not Dial of Destiny. I mean, you know, yeah. you got that going for you. Yeah. Um, that's really it, man. I mean, I don't know what I don't I don't know if there's anything else. I'll remember something tomorrow. You know, in the middle of work. Um, if you haven't, Probably, that's seen, how it usually goes. If you haven't seen the original trilogy, I highly recommend it. And then just percent pretending like 2008 and this new yeah. one didn't happen. Um, oh, we do have to talk about one other thing though. Okay, let's do it. I've already mentioned a number of times that A Crystal Skull is not a good movie. Like it, it's just not. Uh, there are some interesting stuff in it, and you can see. Uh, Steven Spielberg's kind of like hallmark stuff that he that he did with Indiana Jones in the movie, but again, it feels pretty soulless. Um, it, it doesn't seem like the passion is is there uh, for for that film. But man, did they do Shia LaBeouf's character dirty? That was honestly, dude, one of the like I was really put off. By how they're like that, they they made his character die in Vietnam. There was there was right. something about that that even more so uh, than some of the stuff that was happening earlier on with the the like shut up youths your music's too loud. There was something about them taking out a character that I don't really have much fondness for, but it's like, oh, our explanation for why uh, he's not in this, especially after the way that, that Crystal Skull ends. Because, like, you, Crystal Skull is a lot of things. It has a very happy ending. You know? Like, ev- it's it's yeah. kind of like... They do him justice, at least. Yeah. That's the one yeah. positive thing the, you can say about it. You can tell there's at least still a little respect for the character. <laughs> in the end of that movie and in this you know he's like on the boat and he's like yeah he enlisted to piss me off which already is like I don't know if you guys actually saw Crystal Skull because that's not the kind of relationship that they had by the end of that uh, and then it's like yeah and he died and my entire life fell apart after that and it's like uh the best part is how don't they get married at the end of Crystal Skull that's what I've heard uh, him and yes, uh, Marion mm-hmm. and, and then and- they it opens up the new one opens up with them being divorced yeah, yeah. and then the just to get it. just to get remarried <laughs> yeah basically they're just back together at the end like it's it, yeah it just it feels like they're trying to take away the um well i mean not that i don't know it, it's a weird call because crystal skull is not fondly remembered like it it just isn't people don't really like that movie um you're going to have until they saw this one. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah. It's not just went up. Oh, I can't wait for all of the essays of being like, were we too hard on Crystal Skull? It's like, no, stop it. It's still not good. Um but I don't know. Like that that rubbed me so wrong, dude. Especially cuz it's like we already know how depressed he is, that he hates everything. His wife has left him. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, my son died in Vietnam uh, because he was trying to spite me, essentially. And you're like, this is not the way to do this. Nope. Like, <sighs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And then just I, have him go in circles with Marion in this movie, you know? 
It's just like for some reason she wants to marry him, even though in the beginning yeah. she divorced him. Oh, said, they'll always just... end up back together. It's like, please stop doing this. Like, please yeah. cut it out. There, there they should have was... just shot him at the end. Ugh. Just to... I know, <laughs> dude. At this point, it was like maybe they should. Maybe they should have put. Indiana out of his misery by the the time the movie was over. I wanted had him die somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, it's so it's such a miserable movie to watch. You have to imagine Disney's like try, fifteen like, million dollar budget. Yeah, something's got to change over there. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like the whole like revisionist thing where it's like I I I I understand like if you go if you saw something maybe you didn't like it the first time you saw it. You went back later and you went, you know what? I don't think I gave this movie a fair shot. That's happened to me before. Um, right. Crystal Skull is not one of those movies. Like, the the prequels really aren't that either. Um, I'm trying to think. What else has been has that happened with recently? It, they're slipping my mind. Um, but it Solo does. Story. No. Um <laughs> And it's you know, and the thing the thing that'll end up happening is where they'll go. Well, the original Star Wars trilogy is not that great, really that great, or neither is Indiana Jones. And you're like, okay, well, you know, that's <laughs> you. You really need to prove that your point. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and just say it. Give me examples here. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm just glad I don't have to watch this movie ever again. No, no, I, I, I think that it can be, it, it'll be a stark reminder along with the rest of them. I mean, and you know, I'll, I'll say this, um, as someone who, re- like, Indiana Jones is one of those trilogies that really, like, it's, again, it comes back, this is kind of where personal opinion or personal taste kind of comes into it, like, that trilogy's probably my favorite, um, that, Lord of the Rings, I don't know what the third one would be. I'd have to think about that. Um, those two in particular, though, I think they just, they are, you know, quality-wise, very consistent. Yeah, they're just very consistent movies. Um, the passion that's put into them. And obviously, they're very different. And you know, it's funny, because there's a common factor, and you said it already, uh, is John Rhys-Davies. uh happens to be in, <laughs> happens to be in both so maybe maybe there's something about him man i don't know they need to get him back in another trilogy of some kind um you know we could uh talk forever too about what they they could have everything should have been done differently with dial first of all shouldn't have been made shouldn't have been about the dial um and you know at this point i really hope that they just kind of retire the franchise yeah. I really don't want to see anything else because as we stand right now, um, Indiana Jones probably is among the lowest tier of like franchises that have been ruined because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, not great by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely not as bad as what we've been getting in recent years. And so that one's not that great. And then you only have one incredibly bad movie that's two and a half hours long where... Whereas uh, Lord of the Rings has, and I know that people still defend these, but those Hobbit movies are not very good. Um, and no, you have the first one's all right, ten ish out. Yeah, the first first one's all right. It's a little boring. Um, you have ten ish hours of Rings of Power, uh, not to mention a second <laughs> and potentially five full seasons yeah, coming. Second for that. one's supposed to come out next year. Yeah, um, <laughs> Witcher is in a worse position because of how much was there. 
Um, the Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. Ninja Turtles has gotten raked over the coals pretty bad. Though that one might still be, for now, might be at the bottom. Um, Star Wars is maybe, in a really rough maybe spot. Maybe Warner you know? Brothers. Uh, you know what's kind of funny is is that how Marvel and Disney have been killing Warner Brothers. And we at least we now know that Kathleen Kennedy is probably the worst executive um that's that's and been ahead of a studio the, but you know warner brothers can't catch up to what disney did with marvel for that what decade long run I'll, I'll say with if, lord of the rings uh-huh. and harry potter and th- this new stuff coming out i mean if they if, really like just hone in i i, I think like people ha- I, it's good to think big like you want to think big big but then you just want to hone in and be like let me just make one solid <laughs> movie and go from there yeah you know and, what i mean yeah and you know th- there's there were a couple of things that you had said that call, call, made me think of some stuff so kathleen kennedy has been like involved in lucasfilm forever um she was assistant to steven spielberg and raiders of the lost ark uh, that's yeah, her, that's her that credit. Interview. Yeah, that's her credit. I saw it's like at the end, you know, she's in the credits for that or whatever. And you can see as these movies have gone along that she rises through the ranks. And then, you know, of course, you have that original trilogy and you have Crystal Skull where she's now like a producer alongside George Lucas. And of course, you know, so it, you can mark her success through Lucasfilm with the downfall of Lucasfilm. And then moving into the sequel trilogy and to where we are right now. Like, you could map out all of the terrible things that have happened as she got higher and higher within that company. It's, it's not it's, her fault she wild. got offered those positions as whoever offered them. Hey, man. I, I mean, you know, listen, we all know how Hollywood is, and I'm trying yep. not to be too crass in saying it. We're trying to keep this at least PG, PG-13. Family friendly. But... You gotta think she ha- that some stuff she has happened. to have some dirt on someone, dirt or some dirty deeds. Because like they're oh man, I'm not going there. Listen, it happens a lot in Hollywood in politics. Ezra Miller is uh, rumored to be in that position as well. Um, what the next head of uh, Lucasfilms? <laughs> <laughs> With the stuff that yeah. goes around about him, dude, I'm surprised he's not running Hollywood at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know some, uh, <laughs> some bad things happen, and uh, yeah. um, <laughs> oh no, some bad things happen. I love the troll room; they crack me up so much, dude. Um, yeah, it, so it, it's unfortunate, man. But I, you know. I hope that there are a lot of people that are starting to realize that the way things are right now, that they can't stay that way. Um, You're seeing that push in comics, um, and I'm hoping that we start to see that in some other industries as well, in particular movies for me, because movies have always been my thing. You know, I love that. I love the storytelling that comes along with that. Um and I know that there's still some good stuff out there, but dude, I swear, uh, that time period from like 2016 to 2019, we either ended up in like some other alternate timeline or something, because it was like all of these crazy things happened, you know, up to leading up to 2020, 
um, and yep. the, the the big Rona. But there were all of these like kind of awful things that were going on, and like, and it seems like a lot of that caused Hollywood and a lot like they just went nuts, yeah. just completely lost their minds. I think and a lot of people did. It was on all sides, you know. Yeah, it's been you know they've they've just been trying to like shell out this stuff. Um, people have gotten more polarizing. And you can hardly have nuanced conversations these days, especially obviously Hollywood. Yeah. They're not all for that. No, 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 no. Um, but so I think pretty... you know what we need to decide. Oh, go, go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were done. Uh, no, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, go watch the original trilogy. If you're gonna, if you're like still curious about Dial of Destiny, uh, hit me up on the Discord and I'll help you out with that uh, without having to go to the the theater. Um, well. What do you want to review next week? I know that on July 12th, the new Mission Impossible movie comes out, which is random. Oh, day. shoot. Is that? That's, that's in two Wednesday? Days. No. Yeah. That's Wednesday. Yeah, it is. And then on uh, the 14th, might, yeah. the new, uh, we the can new do, uh, Bird Box movie comes out. Well, weekend is, when's Bird Box? The Friday. It's Friday. On okay. Netflix. Well, yeah, let's, uh, we'll do a small segment on Bird Box because to be honest, I don't really care. Um, but I know the first one was like a massive hit so we can at least um, mention it. Who knows, man? Maybe it'll be a surprise. Uh, I yeah. thought the first one was pretty stupid, but uh, all right. I mean, why not? You know, for the content, right? Um, but yes, uh, Mission, the Mission, Mission Impossible, absolutely for Monday. Um, it's so weird, I'm July gonna, 12th. Yeah. Uh, is there there's not a holiday, right? No. It's they're just, just doing, random. Yeah, they're just trying to get that extra uh, well what they I guess the extra push before Oppenheimer and Barbie release. Well, it's it's probably that and they they're they're probably trying to set it up for like a bigger opening weekend. You know how we were talking yep. about Indiana Jones and how it had like all they were gonna try to push for July fourth to be part of the previous weekend so they're like oh this box office weekend was incredible and of course it wasn't it like it did not do well at all um but i imagine th- that's kind of one of those tricks that they play um yep. so well that's all i have all right uh well joseph before we leave these wonderful people would you like to just briefly mention the value for value system yeah, the value for value system is basically a system we set up to where you can donate to us in the form of your time, talent, and treasure based on the value you think you're getting from our content. So if you think it's worth a $5 mill, um, well, I don't think they even have those anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking like it's a decade ago. Uh, what's even $5 these days? What, a pack of cheese? Um so if you think it's worth a pack of cheese or a night out or a night out to go see Indiana Jones or a night out to go see Mission Impossible, then you can donate to us by clicking the direct.me link. And from there, you'll see our PayPal link donation. You'll also be able to find us everywhere we are at YouTube, Odyssey, Twitter, Rumble, the whole nine. But yeah, and if you don't have any money because times are hard, you can also donate via any talent in time that you have. I know Whoopa has done some thumbnails for us, audio editing, any artwork, anything you want to contribute to us to help our platform grow, you will get credit for it. And remember, 
that these credits are legitimate. You can put them on your resume, your IMDb, and we will vouch for them. Also, donations of $100 or less, you automatically get the producer title. Donations of $100 or more, you get an associate executive producer title. And then $200 and above gives you the executive producer title. And again, these are actual credits you can put on your resume. All right. Well, thank you all for joining in for episode uh, 142 of The Underground. Hopefully next week we're going to talk about a good movie. Yes. I, I, so. I am somewhat optimistic that at the very least Mission Impossible is going to be worth the time. Um, Agreed. But until then, y'all take it easy. See ya. Okay, we're out.